Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Isn't it good to know that you get to live a great life? As a Christian, we have the greatest life possible. And Jesus himself said that's what he came for, and that's what he wanted for us. John chapter 10, verse 10, there in your notes, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He's just out to make your life miserable. He doesn't care about you. But my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. It's what I want for you more than anything else. And so we've been talking about that. We've talked about the great commandment to love God and love people. That when I do that, my life just intensifies and becomes better. There's a great commission that when I am willing to live for others and to see others come to Christ, that it gives my life a great value and a great purpose. We talked about a great companion. There is someone, the Holy Spirit, who is with us all the time to help us, to guide us, to lead us, to empower us, to help us pray. He's there always for us. And today what we're going to talk about is a great commitment, a great commencement. You and I have something to look forward to. Okay, we'll, we'll be working on that. John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Let's just go home. Don't worry. Don't fret. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so... Would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. You know the way to where I am going. A commencement, a new beginning, the end of one stage of life, the beginning of another. So we're going to talk about that commencement today that gives us a great life. It begins with us understanding that we are confident about the future. We are confident about the future. Now, I've said this over and over again, and I will keep saying it. I'm a broken record, and I'm old, so I don't remember everything I've said, so I just keep repeating myself as, you know, never mind. That's a whole other issue, isn't it? When you look at the future, the future looks good. Pastor, what universe are you living in? The future is hopeful. It's optimistic. We have this great thing called hope that puts us in a place that we get to live our lives always being hopeful about what lies ahead. That we don't have to be troubled We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to feel like there's no hope. For a Christian, life is always hopeful. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. We believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory. There's that companion we've talked about. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. 
Boy, I look forward to that one. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Now, I know there's one or two of you that have a little problem with patience. Patience, it's coming. Confident, it's going to happen. That I wait because I know God is going to keep His promise. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you and I get to live on this planet at this moment with looking forward towards the future of what God has promised He's going to do. He's going to come back for us. He's going to take us to be with Him, and He wants us to live with Him forever. This world is not all there is. Now, our problem is simply this. We look here instead of looking up there. We look at what's going on around us. We look at our struggles, our problems. We look at our society that we live in. We look at the immorality. We look at the division. We look at everything that's happening. And we look at, all oh, the planet, oh no, it's going away. And, you know, everything that's there, there's, you know, it's the old line, if there weren't any bad news, there'd be no news at all. And sometimes we buy into that and begin to look around and think, man, what's this world coming to? You know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think I can go on any longer. I don't see what's the use. We can talk to ourselves because we just keep looking at the circumstances that you and I have to deal with on a regular basis. And yet the Bible calls for us to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. We've just sung about it. And to understand this world is not all there is. That this isn't the end. Didn't put in your notes, Paul wrote, he said, look, if you've only got hope in this life, you're the most pitiful person in the world. Because this life is not it. And so we get to live with a confidence, confident hope of knowing God is has given me his word that he is preparing a place for me and that one day as a Christian, I will get to live with him forever. Forever. Now, when I was a kid growing up, long, 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 long time ago, we used to sing a lot of songs about heaven. And that's kind of dissipated over the course of time. But folks, heaven is a real place. And it's something we look forward to as Christians. And therefore, when this life is over and this life commences, I am graduated to another life that is much better. Hebrews, writer there, writes a lot of things about hope. Verse, chapter 6, verse 18. God has given us both His promise and His oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to Him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope of 
that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. It's a confident hope. It's something you can anchor your life on. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And then our core, Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So you and I have a great life because we face the future with great confidence that no matter what happens on this planet, this is not it and life is not ended because there is a life that follows with God forever in heaven. And that gives us confidence. And we get to live in this world not troubled by what's going on around us. Knowing that God is in control and God will take care of things and he will orchestrate everything to do exactly what he wants to do and that we have a promise of a home waiting for us one day. That's confidence. That keeps you grounded, anchored in life, no matter what goes on around you. Inside or outside, you can be confident in knowing God has given me hope today. Secondly, this place called heaven is a place for Christians. It's a place for Christians. In other words, there are some people who believe we all go to heaven. That is not true. Heaven and hell are two real places. And you are not guaranteed that, well, if you're just good enough or you just do a few things, everyone will go to heaven. That is not the way that it works. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus is speaking. And here's what he says. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. It's the expressway. It's the interstate. Its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it, considering the masses that have lived throughout history. Well, pastor, what does it mean narrow? Well, this goes against what a lot of people believe. There is only one way to heaven. There are not many ways to heaven. There are not many gods to heaven. There is only one. That's narrow-minded on our part because the Bible is narrow-minded. And Jesus tells us, why is it narrow? John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life no one can come through the Father, get to God, except through me. <laughs> okay, one way. One way to be saved. You have to go through Jesus Christ. No other way. Well, what if I'm just a good person? What if I just do? All have sinned. All have broken God's rules. All of us are guilty. And so everyone has a choice. I get to choose. 
Remember, been a few years back, a lady approached me after service and said, I disagree with what you said. I said, well, get in line, because a lot of people do. You know, some of you, you, we all have our opinions, don't we? And I said, well, what, what it was that you didn't like? She goes, I don't believe a good, loving God will send anybody to hell. And I kind of shocked her. I said, neither do I. I said, but you have a choice to make. You can choose to go there, or you can choose to follow God. It's your choice. God just keeps his word and says there's only one way to get there. Hell was created for Satan and his followers, his angels. And if you choose to not accept Christ, then you choose to follow Satan. And if you make that choice, you get to go live with him forever. And he's living in hell. God creates heaven a place for us. That he says, if you come through Christ, you get to live here forever. It is a place that is incredible. How great is it? 1 Corinthians 2.9. This is what scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared. Notice, for those who love him, those who follow him, those who obey him. If you love him, you obey him. And so we come to that place where we understand, I get to go to heaven not because I earn it, not because I deserve it, not because I'm a good person, not because I've just done some right things, not because I belong to the right church or the right religion. I get to go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. He died on a cross for my sins. And when I accept his sacrifice and ask him to forgive me, I get to go and live with him forever because I live for him today. And so heaven is this place that gives us a great confidence of knowing, you know what, I've got a hope because this life isn't all there is. There is more to follow. And I'm not living just for the present and just for the moment. I'm living for the future. And I've got to quit looking at all the junk going on around me and understand there is more that is happening than just what I see. There is a lot that I don't see that is real. And that heaven is available to me when I am willing to accept Jesus Christ and become his follower, thus a Christian. And heaven is a place of constant perfection. In other words, shock maybe for you, you are not perfect. The person next to you is not perfect. The people you work with are not perfect. The people in this building are not perfect. But heaven is a perfect place. It's perfect for one main reason, really two, but I'm going to focus on just the one. We'll get to the other one in a moment. There is no sin there. I think too many people fail to understand the damage that sin does to our relationships, to our lives, to our planet. Second Peter 3.13 We are looking forward to a new heavens and new earth. Do not try to make this earth heaven. It's not. A world filled with God's righteousness. What a great place. And so, dear friends, 
while you're waiting for these things to happen. What things? The future to come, heaven to be a reality. Live, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. A place of perfection. Think about it. When John writes about heaven in the book of Revelation and tries to give us a description of it, the only words he can really pull out are about the precious jewels. There's emeralds, there's jasper, there's gold, there's pearls. There's all of these precious emeralds. He looks and says, it's like this and it looks like this and it's so great and it sparkles and it's so shiny. And then he gives it this one great description. He compares it to a bride. A bride. Been to a few weddings in my time. Oh, isn't the bride lovely? I have never heard, that's an ugly bride. It's always, isn't the bride lovely? There's a smile that's there. There's a beauty that's there. And he says, when I saw the heavens come, And when I saw the new city, she was adorned like a beautiful bride. The place you and I long for is a perfect place. There's no sin. There's nothing that will taint it. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. More beautiful than anything on this earth. It's incredibly great and it's perfect because no sin is there. And it's a place of complete fulfillment. Suddenly, everything is perfect. A new body, a perfect body. Just make sure we're clear here, there's no one in the room that has a perfect body, just so we know. There's always flaws, isn't there? And the body ages. But the body there is perfect. And I don't understand a lot of things now, but when I get there, there will be clarity. Notice what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. Here's what I think about heaven. You know, we all kind of say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God why he did this, and I'm going to ask God, and I'm going to talk to so-and-so and so-and-so. When you get to heaven, I don't think that'll happen because I think you'll have a complete understanding of everything. Or you'll see God and nothing else matters. Because the one who's before us, who is our everything, resolves everything. And so when you get there, don't think you're going to be walking around thinking, I got to find Peter here somewhere. I got to ask him that question. I wonder where he's holding court today. I wonder what he's doing. I I need to get this answer to me and this answer to me. Like God's got to give us all of our answers. You and I do not live by answers. We live by faith. 
We trust the one who is the answer. And when I get to heaven, there is complete fulfillment. Revelation 21, verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. So we live in this place that is incredible, far beyond our description and imagination. And even if we could see it now, we wouldn't be able to fully describe it. It's beyond our comprehension. And when we get to this gorgeous place that's been prepared for us, Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. So he designs it with us in mind, and he knows us pretty well. I don't think you're going to get to heaven and go, oh, I don't like that place. You know, that's just not my taste or my style. You'll like this place. It's perfect. And not only is it beyond description, but suddenly all the questions and confusion that this life brings are gone. And I don't have them anymore. And suddenly when I get there, there's perfect peace. And all the sorrows and all the junk that has gone on in this life are gone. And we don't need to remember them anymore. And he says, I'm going to bring you to this place that you just cannot imagine that I've built especially for you. And I want you to come and I want you to be here with me. I've told you how to get here. It's through me. It's a narrow way. There's no other way to get to this place except through Jesus Christ. And when you get here, I will do everything I can to make sure that you have everything you need. There will be complete perfection and complete fulfillment in everything and every area of your life. The old is gone. Everything is new. Enter into the joy that I prepared for you. Wow. That is our hope. That is our confident hope. That is why we can live in this life and go through all the junk that this life brings our way. Because you know what? This life is not all there is. There is more better to come. There is another place that you and I live for. And when you live for that place, you have a great life. Because you're not looking at this life to bring you all the fulfillment that you think you've got to have. You're not living in this life thinking you've got to have all the answers that this life doesn't afford to you. You look forward to another place. And you and I keep our eyes fixed on what's above, not on what's going on down here below. See, when you look just at what's going on around you, you will get discouraged. Guaranteed. But if you keep your eyes fixed on heaven, you will be encouraged. Because you will know there is more. And this life is not it. We're here for just a short bit of time. But in this other life, we're there forever. Forever. Now, just one thing more that I want to make sure we get and understand. 
Heaven is great because of the continual presence of God. I mean, all the city is going to be beautiful. All the new creation is going to be beautiful. But that isn't the best thing about heaven. The best thing about heaven is very simple. God's there. And I get to be with him forever. I get to see him. And when I see him, I'm going to be filled with awe and wonder. I'm going to worship. I feel sorry for people today who can't worship. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with all the singing and everything. Well, then I hope you don't go to heaven because you'll be uncomfortable there. There's going to be a lot of rejoicing because when you see him, it brings up things out of you that you begin to recognize the love and the compassion and the mercy and the grace that only God gives. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. They're gone. The sea was also gone. That doesn't matter to you, but to John it was a big deal because John was in prison on an island. He got tired of all the water. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among His people. And He will live with them. And they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them. Wow. That's incredible. And then chapter 22 of Revelation. No longer will there be a curse upon anything. The throne of God and the Lamb will be there and His servants will worship Him. And they will see His face and His name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun. For the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign with Him forever and ever. One day, I get to see God face to face. One day, I get to be in a perfect place with a perfect body and a perfect mind. One day, I get to live in a place where there's no sickness, no sorrow, no death. I get to live in a place where love resides and sin doesn't exist I get to live in a place that's almost too good to be true it's good to know there's more to come than just what this life offers to us that is our hope and one day I will get to live with the God that I serve and love forever and He will be with me. And I will see Him. And He will be the light of the world. That's our hope. A great commencement one day to come to Him. That's what you live for. 
that will give you a great life. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.